in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. During this season, we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we ask ourselves why God became man, God became man in order to save us. That's why he was named Jesus, which means Savior. We were under the sentence of death after the fall of Adam and Eve. So he came and delivered us from the sentence of death and restored us to heaven and gave us eternal life. We were exiled from the paradise of joy. Now he gave us the heaven as inheritance for us. We became enemy, enemies with God. Now he, became, he came in order to make us children of God. Our nature became corrupted because of the sin and we drifted away from God. He came actually to change our nature and give us a new nature. And he gave us the heavenly citizenship. So he came to remove the sentence of death from us, to give us a new nature, to make us children of God, and to give us the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. That's why now our salvation is much, much easier than what we expect. God came in order for everyone to be able to go to heaven and be saved. And he gave us everything we need in order to be saved. He gave us the commandment to protect us and to guide us during our journey. He gave us the church and the sacraments in the church. And through the sacraments of the church, we receive the grace of the Holy Spirit and we become new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we committed any sin through repentance and sacrament of confession, these sins will be forgiven. And also through the sacrament of communion, we become one with him, we unite with him. As Saint Athanasius said, God became son of man in order to make men sons of God. So now the salvation, as I said, is much easier. Many times Satan plays with our mind and makes us believe that it is impossible for us to be saved. No, actually, salvation is much easier if we trust in God and if we rely on his grace. St. Peter said, God gave us everything we need in order to live godly life. And we have many, many examples from the scripture and from the life of saints, how people who lived a very, very wicked and evil life, how when the grace of God touched them, they became saints in the church, like St. Mary of Egypt, the patron saint of this church. So as response to this, 
as we heard in the psalm of today, the psalmist said, sing to the Lord, bless his name. Sing to the Lord and bless his name because he saved us, because he gave us life after death, because he gave us the inheritance of the kingdom of God after we're exiled from the paradise of joy, because he made us children to God after we were enemies to him, because he healed our nature, because he gave us a heavenly citizenship and a new nature after our nature is corrupt, was corrupted. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. And not only that, not only we show gratitude and appreciation to God, but also we have responsibility to share the good news with others, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Each one of us, not only the clergy, not only the Sunday school servants, but each one of us has a responsibility to proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. The nations here mean the Gentiles, those who were pagan, those who did not know God. So the psalmist is telling us, go and declare his glory among the non-believers. Now we are living in a time, many people actually, they leave God, they say you are atheist or agnostic, and they rebel against God. We have a responsibility to go and to declare the glory of God among the non-believers and to tell them about his wonders, say his wonders among all peoples. Also today, we celebrate the relocation of the relics of St. Titus, the disciple of St. Paul, who was the Bishop of Crete. His uh, relics was, were relocated to uh, Constantinople, as you hear in the Synaxarium of today. That's why all the reading today about preaching, proclaiming the good news of salvation to everybody, evangelizing, bearing witness to Christ. The gospel of today from Luke chapter 10 is about the commission of the 70. When God first he chose 12, then he chose 70, and he sent them to say to the people, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. God is here, bring you the good news of salvation. God became man. God became man and is born for our salvation. Believe in him and you will be saved. But if we go through actually all the reading, we will find actually a, a whole curriculum how we do evangelism and how we proclaim the good news of God to the people. First, in the Purim letter of today, from the letter of St. Paul to the Clusians, he is speaking about the importance of prayer before we speak and before we preach. As you heard, he said, meanwhile, praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word, 
to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So St. Paul is asking the people to pray, to pray that the Lord may open the door in order for us to preach the word of salvation to the people and also to help us to speak as we should speak, to declare the mystery of Christ as we ought to, to give the right perception or the right teaching about Christ. Sometimes when we preach and when we speak, we give my personal impression and my personal perception, which could be wrong. That's why even St. Paul, he said, pray for us that we speak the mystery of Christ uh, and make it manifest as I ought to speak, as I ought to speak, to preach the right doctrine. And he, he embedded in his, this sentence that I am in chains. He was a prisoner for the sake of preaching the gospel. So we need actually to keep this in our prayer. We pray that God may open door for us to speak about him. We pray that God give the right word to us. So when we speak, we present the mystery of Christ and make it manifest as we should speak. Also we pray for those who are preaching that God may guide them and give them the wisdom to preach the word of God truthfully. Also, as heard in the Gospel of St. Luke today, to pray that the Lord of Harvest may send laborers to the field. Because as he said, the harvest are, is plenty, but the laborers are few. So that is the first point. Number one, the importance of prayer in proclaiming the good news of salvation to everyone. Number, the second point, we heard it today in the letter of St. Paul, of St. Peter, the Catholic letter from 1 Peter chapter 3. When he said, sanctify the Lord in your heart and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. To be ready to give a defense. When you speak like to an atheist, to agnostic, maybe they will ask you a question about the existence of God, a question about the evil in the world, question about the suffering of the good people. Many questions actually you will be asked. And there is answer to all these questions. The, there is a field in theology called apologetic. Apologetics from the word apology in Greek means to defend, to defend. So apologetics, how to defend your faith? As St. Peter said, be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for the reason 
of the hope that is in you. Because in preaching, people will come and ask you, so how God is Trinity? How God is three and one? How you explain this? Why God allow good people to suffer? Where there is evil, why there is evil in the world? Why God did not uh, destroy Satan just by breath of his mouth as it's written in the scripture? Many questions you will be asked. That's why we need to study our faith. We need to be ready to give a defense. And thank God now the knowledge is available. You can actually go to the internet and instead of wasting our time on reading stuff that will not edify us, will not benefit us, but rather it may offend us and cause us to stumble, let us go and read in the field of apologetics how to respond to an atheist, how to respond to an unorthodox, how to respond to a non-Christian, how to respond to a non-believer, how to explain your, your faith. St. Peter was very precise. Always be ready, always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you. So he said, he, he will, if somebody tell you, why do you have hope that you go to heaven? Why do you believe in Jesus Christ? Are you ready to explain the reason of hope that's in you or not? This verse is for everybody. This verse is not for the theologians and for the clergy. This verse for each believer. We need to edify ourselves to be ready to give a defense. But unfortunately, some people, when they defend the truth, they defend it actually with or inappropriately. Uh, when they claim that they defend the truth and the church and the doctrine and uh, the faith, they do it by attacking us, attacking others, sorry, by attacking others and using unchristian way in attacking them. That's why St. Peter told us, when you give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you, he said, with meekness and fear. With meekness, with gentleness. How can you revile somebody or defame somebody while you are defending the truth? A demon cannot cast out a demon. A demon of reviling cannot cast out a demon of heresy. Demon cannot cast out a demon. That's why St. Peter emphasizes the importance of, <coughs> of defending your faith with meekness, meekness and fear, the fear of God, using godly and Christian way in defending your faith. So St. Paul spoke about the importance of prayer. Then St. Peter spoke about the importance of defending your faith. Then in the book of Acts, it was from Acts chapter 1, we hear about the Lord Jesus Christ said to the disciples, do not depart from Jerusalem until 
you receive power from on high. Do not depart from Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. This power is the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are going, relying on yourself, relying on your ability, relying on your knowledge, relying on your money, relying on your connection, you will fail in ministry and you will fail in preaching the word of God. That's why God, when he sent the disciples, told him, don't take gold or silver or money bags. Don't carry two tunics. Don't carry staff. He wanted them to rely only with him. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. But when we rely on other things, actually, this can be obstacle for our ministry. People who relied on God, they became very, very successful in ministry. And there is example in the scripture, the example of St. Paul. St. Paul got sick and he had thorn in the flesh. And most probably it was weakness in his vision. That's why he usually asked people to write his letters for him. He dictated the letter and they wrote it because the weakness of his vision. So St. Paul wanted actually God to heal him in order to be able to write, to be able to read, to be able to travel from place to place to preach the word of God. And he prayed for this three times. But God, in every time, he told him, no, I will not heal you. And St. Paul was surprised why God is denying his request. I am asking for good health in order to be able to serve you. So God told him this verse. He told him, my grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. Meaning what? When you rely on yourself, you are not relying on my power. So you are hindering my power to work perfectly in you. But when you are weak, like now, you are sick. Your vision is weak. So now you have to rely on me. And when you rely on me, you will see how my grace will be sufficient to you. And how, how my power will be made perfect in your weakness. St. Paul, in response to this, he said, I rejoice in my infirmities that the grace of God may, up, may come upon me. So when I am weak, have no resources, then I am strong through the grace of God. That's why the Lord told them, do not depart from Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Don't go and speak about God relying on your knowledge, relying on your abilities. But go in humbleness, asking God to put the words in your mouth. Go rely on Him. Many ministries failed because they were not Christ-centered. But when actually we put Christ and the Holy Trinity 
the center of your ministry and relying on them, then God will be magnified. As he was magnified with St. Paul. St. Paul, with his weak vision, he traveled the three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. With his weak vision, he wrote more than 50% of the New Testament. New Testament is 27 books, 14 of them written by St. Paul. So St. Paul actually, in spite of his illness, the thorn in the flesh, but because he relied on the grace of God, then he was able to do a marvelous service. St. Paul reflect on this, he said, and we have this treasure in a fragile vessels. Why fragile vessels? So the power will be the power of God, not our own power. The fragile vessels can be our health. Fragile vessels can be we don't have enough resources. But when we have these fragile vessels, and the treasure of the preaching the word of God in these fragile vessels, we will try, we will rely on God. So the power will be coming from God, not from us. That's why St. Paul also in, in his letter to the Corinthians, he said, God uh, it chose the weak to put to shame the strong. He chose the ignorant to put to shame the knowledgeable. He chose the abased to put to shame the prideful. Meaning, it is okay to be knowledgeable, it's okay to be rich, it's okay to uh, have, uh, have uh, talents. But the key point here, don't rely on these things. Rely on God. So when you rely on God, God will use all these things for uh, his glory and for the success of the ministry. So today, actually, the church is reminding us that each one, each one of us has a responsibility to proclaim the good news of salvation. You tested this salvation. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among all people. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.